Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson, and today I have Dr. Christiane Northrup, MD. Christiane, thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure. (laughs) Such a pleasure to have you. I'm going to go ahead and read your bio for those who may not be familiar with you. Christiane Northrup, MD, visionary pioneer in women's health, is a board-certified OBGYN with more than 30 years of clinical experience former assistant clinical professor of OBGYN at the University of Vermont College of Medicine and three-time New York Best Time seller, author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, The Wisdom of Menopause, and Goddesses Never Age. In 2013, Reader's Digest named Dr. Northrup one of the 100 most trusted people in America. In 2016, she was named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100, a group of leaders who are using their voices and talent to awaken humanity. And in 2020 and 2021, she was included in the Walk-In Spiritual 100, a list of living people that make a unique and spiritual contribution on global scale. Internationally known for her empowering approach, Dr. Northrup embraces medicine that acknowledges the unity of mind, body, emotions, and spirit, and teaches women to create health by tuning into their inner wisdom. After decades spent transforming women's understanding of their sacred bodies and processes, Dr. Northrup now teaches women to thrive at every stage of life. As a business owner, physician, former surgeon, mother, writer, speaker, and according to Miriam Ava, PhD, a rebel rock star and authority on what can go right with the female body. Dr. Northrup acknowledges our individual and collective capacity for growth, freedom, joy, and balance. Dr. Northrop has also hosted eight highly successful public television specials, and her work has been featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show, The Today Show, NBC Nightly News, The View, Rachel Ray, Good Morning America, 2020, and The Dr. Oz Show, among many others. Wonderful. And today, we're going to be talking about the wisdom of menopause, creating physical and emotional health during the change, newly revised, now in its fourth edition, the groundbreaking New York Times bestselling classic that has changed and inspired an entire generation of wisdom with a dramatic new vision of midlife. Yay! <laughs> the celebration. I'm in my 51st year and I know that it is a beautiful time. It is. Life. Well, you know, you, you have, here's the thing it's, Menopause in reverse, you remember who you were when you were 11, but now you have skills. You can drive and you can generally use money. So it's really good. (laughs) It is really good. I want to talk about your chapter on sex and menopause. Great. So let's jump right into it. It says in your book that many women experience a decrease in the sex drive during perimenopause, but that there's a wisdom behind this decrease and why it's often a necessary step towards having the best sex of your life. I feel this is very relevant to women at our age, right? So can it's you explain? Very relevant. It's very relevant because what happens is if you have been in a sexual relationship where your particular needs are not being met, where actually chances are really good, you didn't even know what, they're, what they were. You didn't know your orgasmic capacity because we've all been trained 
to focus on someone else's pleasure. And we get really good at whether it's folding the towels, making a meal, cleaning up the house, whatever. We're really, really focused on nurturing the collective, generally speaking, at the expense of ourselves, because we're taught that that's not okay. So then the perimenopause hits, you've got relatively more estrogen than progesterone, the, and in the face of any estrogen dominance with stress hormones, uh, then you get a, sort of a lighting up of the basal forebrain and the amygdala, which is memories from the past where you go, okay, I'm not doing it anymore. I, I'm not doing it anymore. And this is not strictly because of the shift in hormones. The, and the, please listen to this, everybody. The shift in hormones is in service to your soul. That is extraordinarily important because the narrative has been you're a victim of your hormones. And now, you know, especially after the age of 50, it's all downhill. Now chronic disease increases, you know, arthritis, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, cancer. None of that has to be the case. None of it. That is a script. That is a script. It's a narrative that is not going to do you any good to stick with. Now, let's talk about then your libido, your sex drive, your connection with divine force. All right, let's just take a minute here because I want to make this as real as possible. Perfect. So take a minute and put your attention on your second chakra, particularly the genital area, your clitoris, the um, labia, that whole area. Just put your attention there. Just put it there, okay? So what do you feel? What do you notice? First of all, do you notice anything? Because interestingly enough, m many, many, many women have been cut off from that area for a long time. One in three women is raped in this culture. Many, many, many have um, been sexually abused. Uh, the feminine has been abused for centuries. It's now rising. But I just want you to notice what happens when you focus there. Generally, there's a sense of tingling. There's a sense of waking up. I want to tell you uh, one of the funniest exercises that I ever did, and I learned it in uh, Mama Gina's um, Mama Gina's 101, and it was Mama Gina's maybe maybe this was yeah Mama Gina's Owners and Operators Guide to Men. All right, nice. this exercise was called "Turn It On for a Dork." Um, funniest thing, funniest thing. I now remember that I had been steeped in all of the images of the goddess, the ancient goddess cultures. I worked with Patricia Rice, who had studied with Maria Gimbutas, the Lithuanian archaeologist who had all the images of the divine feminine, the great goddess, these, you know, thousands and thousands of artifacts from old Europe where women's bodies were seen as sacred. And, you know, of course, the patriarchal archaeologic group just called them, you know, fertility figures. No, no, no. That was how God comes into physical form. So I was very familiar with all the caves in France that were in the shape of vaginas and the womb and, uh, and then all of the different vulvas on the cave walls. So the female body was seen as the source of how God comes into physical form. And I knew that this was way more than that. And I remember sometimes I'd give a lecture and think, yeah, what would it be like, right? If we saw our bodies as 
sacred vessels for the divine, what would it be like if we literally felt that in our own bodies? Okay, that's my background. Then I read, turn it on for a dork. Okay, so here's what you do. And I don't know in this particular time of uh, perimenopause for humanity, whether you can do this, but it's worth a try. All right. So you are standing somewhere where there's an attractive man or a woman, whatever you prefer. And you begin to look at them and something about them that you admire. First of all, it has to be someone who's safe, but you know, maybe their shirt color, their eye color, their hair, whatever. You begin to admire them and put your energy down in your second chakra genital area and then watch what happens. And I began to see that that power that was depicted in the caves of old Europe was still very much available to all of us because in most all the time, the man will turn around and look at you. And then there's the other signal, which is like a sort of visual pheromone. If you are in the subway or whatever, and you make eye contact with someone you find attractive and the magic number is 10 seconds, 10 seconds, that person will come over to you. So if, it, if, it's, if it's a guy, and I'm not gonna get into the transhuman and the transgender because that is not what I'm board certified in and someone else can do that, okay? Sure. And um, so that power is still there, but I want you to think of it as your power, your life force, and you need to cultivate it. There's another exercise that I would recommend to everybody listening, and it is from Stephen Vera Bedansky's Illustrated Guide to Extended Massive Orgasm. It's actually a biofeedback book for how you begin to feel more in your body. And I thought this was the best exercise ever, and it's called Visiting Dignitary. So what you do is you prepare your boudoir, your bedroom, as though a visiting dignitary were coming in, some queen that you respected something. And uh, you cleaned it beautifully. You prepared for a visiting dignitary. You put your favorite beverage there. And then you go where there's a mirror and with just candlelight, you begin to admire your own body. You begin to look at what parts you can actually admire because the mindset of most women is, always looking at what isn't right, the cellulite on the hips, all of the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So you begin to admire your shoulder, let's say the skin on your shoulder or your eyes or your cheeks or your hair, something bringing in that life force. You spend some time there. Then you go in and practice self-cultivation. I hate the word masturbation. It literally means to defile with the hand. Get that word out of your vocabulary. And by the way, the whole reason they started circumcising boys in the United States was that uh, the guy who started Kellogg's cornflakes used that torture as a way to prevent boys from touching themselves. For little girls, he just poured carbolic acid over their genitals. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that's really? Kellogg's cornflakes, just so you know. Wow. 
All right. So we have had a culture that has systematically talked us out of our greatest source of power. Yes. So then what you do is you practice feeling as much pleasure as you can from just one part of the female erotic anatomy, which is the clitoris that contains 8,000 nerve endings whose sole purpose is pleasure. So it's an erectile organ. However, it is connected to a vast network of erectile tissue. The two curi that go down from the clitoris, think of it as a wishbone. And by the way, a little factoid, uh, we put a man on the moon 25 years before actually studying the anatomy of the clitoris. And that was done by a French artist who actually made necklaces. Uh, in, so how much erotic erectile tissue women have is as much as a man, but it's all inside and women aren't told about it. So they don't learn about it because we're also, we don't have words. Men have a million words for their penis. Yeah. I mean, George Carlin did the funniest riff on that I have ever heard. They have names. My sister has three sons. She said that there was a time when that's all they talked about was their dick. That's all they talked about. <laughs> Women don't do that. We don't, you know, it's like, oh, down oh, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, think about it. If we had a piece of erectile tissue on the outside, hanging out of our bodies, I think we would pay attention to it too. Yes. Um, so anyhow, so with the female erotic anatomy, you have a perianal sponge, you have a periurethral sponge, you've got a, the G spot or the sacred spot is just deep to, you've, you've got to feel it. You need to be aroused. And then you need to take these two fingers, squat down and then hook them behind the pubic bone. And you will feel this tissue. It's sort of the size of a nickel um, or a, um, a quarter. And it's erectile tissue that is just superficial. Well, I think it's deep to the urethra at 12 o'clock. So if your body is a clock and you're looking at someone head on where the pubic bone is 12 o'clock, you just hook your fingers under and you will feel it. Now that has a nadi and like an acupuncture meridian that goes straight to the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is what puts out DMT the most hallucinogenic connection with God molecule that we have. I believe that it's illegal. Um, so hence, oh, and by the way, and fluoride in the water calcifies the pineal so that you will, and a lot of stuff in the environment calcifies the pineal. So you will not know your connection with God. Yeah. Sexuality is a direct connection with God. Now, what does that mean for you? It means you got to stop hookups with idiots. You need to finally, finally come home to this temple and don't let him in. Okay, now I'm going to be like totally on something that because we have now the last generation, not the kids who are teenagers now, they apparently have no libido, but the ones before them were the hookup generation where you went to college you met at a fraternity and then you went home to have sex, a hookup. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. I've talked with women who went through that and said it was so confusing 
And it was confusing for men as well. Like, mom, what am I supposed to do? She, she doesn't tell me anything. She doesn't, like, I'm supposed to know what we're doing here. No, 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 no. We need to stop all of this. We need to go back to uh, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I don't let anyone in. And I'm going to just talk to the majority of women. Mm-hmm. Some of you are fine with polyamory. I don't know who you are. I've never met one of you. I've met a lot of women who think that they're a fan of polyamory because they're in a polyamorous community where some dude is running the whole thing and he can have sex with anyone that he wants, but you are on call just for two o'clock at night when he wants it. Okay, so I'm certain that there are polyamorous communities where it works for everybody and I've never met one. So I'm gonna talk, I've never seen one. I'm gonna talk to you about what I think works best for most women. But if you disagree with me, go somewhere else. All right, because I've had it with you. All right, so here's what you have to do. Take what resonates and leave the rest. That's exact, take what resonates. This is my truth. It's the truth of thousands and thousands of women that I have worked with. All right, so you don't let a man in, his penis in your mouth, penis in your vagina, penis in your anus until you have a commitment for sexual and social monogamy. Now I'm gonna tell you why. When you bring in a penis and it hits your cervix, the cervix is reflexology, it's your heart. The tip of the penis is the man's heart. Yeah. And you will then be awash with bonding hormones prolactin, oxytocin, that that will then cause you to want to bond with and be with this person. And if he is not on the same page with you, it will lead to an addiction that is worse than crack cocaine. He doesn't write, he doesn't call, and it takes two years to get that out of your system. Mm -hmm. So you need to be incredibly discerning and a perimenopause is a perfect time to do it. Uh, it's a perfect time to do it. Um, Amy Loftus has um, a wonderful podcast on this. She talks about being a singer, songwriter, skinny, hip in Nashville, and, uh, you know, just sort of addicted to men, like, you know, the Tinder swipe left, you know, always with somebody, and then realizing how empty that was, and that what she was looking for was a spiritual bond, spiritual sexual bond, where the two of them could grow together. And that's why in the really good pair bondings, marriages, the sex always stays good because you're constantly renewing the relationship. So to prepare for that, to prepare for that, you practice the visiting dignitary exercise. You are exploring the female erotic anatomy. I'm going to give you the goal. And the goal is to um, come to orgasm in 30 minutes, just using your hands. I am not a fan of vibrators. Vibrators give you an artificial, very strong stimulus. And over time, especially I remember talking to Betty Dodson, the mother of masturbation. 
And uh, Betty in her 80s talked about how numb she was in the area because she had used so many vibrators so that it, like any sort of addictive cycle, it takes more and more stimulus to get the same um, feeling. So what you want to do, you're training your body to feel more and more with less and less stimulation. Then I want you to learn how to use your genitals as a GPS because the safe guys, the safe people will be the ones that allow you to navigate by the turn on in your second chakra. Your turn on is a GPS. Now, the other thing you need to learn is what turns on a man, your turn on. That's what turns on a man. Their penis is a direct barometer of your turn on. A turned on woman is what turns on a man. Now, you are developing the owning and operating of your female erotic system. That's your job. This is not to get a man. This is nothing. This is for you to turn on your erotic anatomy, which is your GPS. And uh, the other one you can do the jade egg practices. Um, JadeEgg.com is Saida Desolet. Uh, she's got wonderful material on this. The other person who's really interesting is Kim Anami, A-N-A-M-I. Um, Kim is right out there. She uses, you know, cock and balls and, you know, fuck and all that. It depends on what, you know, what you like. Um, she's very, very skilled. And, um, Desolet is very skilled. They teach the jade egg exercise for you to reclaim your pelvic floor, your female erotic anatomy, and so on. So there's the visiting dignitary exercise. I would recommend practicing that or the jade egg exercises two, three times a week. This is solo work. This is you learning how to own and operate your female erotic system, because then you're gonna navigate your life with this part of your body. And I don't care what you've been told, you're, it's always there for you, but it's often been shut down. And we know from the work of Gina Ogden, the late Gina Ogden, who did the biggest sex survey ever, um, integrating sexuality and spirituality, that for women at the second half of their life, sexuality is about spirituality. They will tell, you know, it's not just about, you know, getting off or, you know, having a piece of ass. I hate those terms. I hate them. This is about a sacred reclamation and an orgasmic energy, which is full of DMT, Uh, You can learn how to move that around your body with your breath. And it's a reset. It's a reset of your system. It's a reboot. Orgasmic energy is a reboot of your system. And it's yours. So things need to be the opposite of what you've been taught. Yes. Uh, Your pleasure for a good man, your pleasure is the biggest turn on in his life. 
So you see in the movies, these weird things, you know, where the guy is pushing her head down so she'll give him a blowjob. No, 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 no. No. So sex works the way it is supposed to when there is cherishing and love. Um, who's that wonderful woman in Orange County? Oh, I forget her name. I'll think of it. But she talks about that there are right now, um, there are more women with penises and more men with vaginas than ever before. And by the way, this is true. The sperm count has gone like this over the past 60 years. And currently we're seeing uh, an enormous number of women having very weird, abnormal bleeding. So I just want to tell everyone about a, a survey and a scientific study that we're putting together, mycyclestory.com. So if you're having anything weird, please go there so that we can collect the data and find out what's going on. Um, yeah, do that lady. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we need to cherish our fertility. And by the way, we need to see the menopause and beyond as a new, more fertile life. In fact, when you're not having a period every month, which is a lot of energy drain, there are a lot of tribes that the woman couldn't be shamans until she retained her sacred blood. Wow. So when you're not nurturing young children, although I know many women in perimenopause are currently nurturing young children because they didn't have their kids till they were 42. And there's some really great things about that. But, but a lot of you is going to be wanting to go in a cave and finally nurturing yourself, finally discovering your own sensuality, your own sexuality. And I would tell you, you need to follow your sustainable pleasures. I'm not talking about hedonism. I'm not talking about five chocolate brownies. I'm not talking about having sex with six people. I'm talking about the discipline of sustainable pleasure. And over time, you will be able to use your female erotic anatomy as a biofeedback system, and you'll be able to sink right into it, right into it, and then go around in your life connected to that and watch what happens. Yes, so true. Once you yeah. make that connection, that exercise that you were describing, <clears throat> so much there, ladies, re-listen to this over and over again, because there's so much great information here. That self-love exercise mm. where he's taking the woman in and pleasuring self, that one, that solo practice of self-pleasure is so important that tapping into your life force energy, awakening your Kundalini, learning about yourself grounds you into your body, brings you to your pleasure. I've done it over the last five years. Um, I had an awakening. My libido increased three years ago. My Kundalini opened up in a new way. I just did a sacred shamanic sexual healing retreat last month. That was phenomenal. And I reclaimed parts of myself, connected my voice to my second chakra, have been in a state of pleasure ever since. This is real. And it's yep. stepping into your personal empowerment and your voice. And I'm seeing my clients are doing the same thing. Women all over the world, actually, I'm seeing them online on social media doing the same thing. Yeah, because this is what's happening. It, it's the rise of the divine feminine. And it is all over the planet. Because frankly, it's the only thing that will save humanity. 
Yes. And um, I believe that some of the bleeding, I listened to Michelle Fielding, a spiritual teacher from England, whose work I love. And she said the bleeding was actually part of a reset of the divine feminine. It's two things. It's, um, it's a evil weapon against fertility that I know I've got the data for that, but it also is a reclamation of the divine feminine. So we do the things, the, the self-pleasuring exercise, the singing. Okay. So the turning on of the fifth chakra, usually, by the way, this shuts down when you get your period because you're trying to fit in and you don't want to make waves and you want to be, uh, you know, you want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you, you want all of that. So you shut down your voice because you've been told you're too much. You've been told you're too much. And if you're that much, nobody is ever going to like you. So we shut ourselves down and then we, um, uh, there's an old feminist, then we reflect the men in our lives at, at twice their normal size. I have a friend who said, oh, when she finally got divorced from this narcissist, she said, what a relief. I didn't have to keep propping him up. You know, like that's a lot of energy. Yeah. And it's a wonderful thing to not be propping them up anymore. So you're investing in yourself. And I want you to think of it not as self-indulgent. I want you to think of it as a weapon, a weapon against patriarchy. It's a weapon against the dark forces. I was listening to Bards of War, Scott Kesterson has an amazing podcast. And he said, when we bring the singing to the enemy, the walls of evil just fall down because it's so full of life force. It's so full of divine love. It's so full of the opposite of controlling a population through programming and evil is so different. It's humanity at its most incredible. But I, I, I want women to see how important it is for you to put a high price, a high price on your body, a high price on your sexuality, a high price on anyone getting in because uh, men, only value that which is a high price on their head. I mean, think about the guy with the new car. He's out there polishing the car. I mean, I've seen this in men. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Or they got a boat and they're, you know, polishing the boat and they call it she and, you know, all of the rest of it. So put a high price on your head. Put a high price on your head. No one ever, okay, maybe at age 14, 15, there's the girl who puts out. So all the boys, you know, go to her, but that, that's not what a Pat Allen, Pat Allen says, you've got to decide, do you want to be respected or cherished? The feminine wants to be cherished. The masculine wants to be respected. She said, you can't have both because that's uh, narcissism. So generally speaking, it is the female who wants to be cherished the male who wants to be respected, but not always, but not always. We're at a really interesting time where um, testosterone levels are falling dramatically. And at the same time, there's a whole group that, in whom they're rising. You know, you look at some of the traditional dances of the Hawaiians, you see the male dances, uh, the war dances, those are loaded with testosterone. So we need to get back 
to that. The 70s were a time of, you know, the sensitive new age guy. And I remember those guys, you know, I call them 99 pound frizzies. They were all, you know, like, I remember a guy was, you know, a psychiatrist. I went to see for past life stuff and he's wearing, you know, those Rajneesh pajamas. And I thought, I don't think so. Um, and of course, you know, uh, when I decided I didn't want to be around him because he was creepy, he lost his license about, you know, three months later for having sex with his patients. We need to, how many women has this happened to? You go to an ashram and the guru is then having sex with, uh, you know, with his patients. It's, it, it is so common um, in Boulder, Colorado, um, the Rinpoche ashram, they, you know, uh, same thing with the Kripalu. Uh, Amrit Desai was the guru there. I remember I had a lot of patients at that time who had been devotees. So what we women have done is we have taken our own divinity and we have given our wonderful life force to the darkness, to, to these, uh, these gurus and all the rest. It's time to stop that, time to stop. And you do yeah. it with with your own self. And frankly, that is what perimenopause is the doorway for. Your hormones will be in service to the soul waking up and saying, what about me? Now, you may have a period of time. And remember, you're moving from alternating current of wisdom to direct current of wisdom. And that's a six to 13 year process. So the one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is the FSH and LH gave a spike, which increases testosterone during your ovulating years, right at ovulation. And so you have a lot of libido at that time and you're maximally open to cross pollination. Well, during the perimenopausal transition, those FSH, LH, pituitary hormones are sort of all over the place because you're between the worlds. But after the final menstrual period, which on average is 52, but you tend to go through at the same age as your mother. Uh, at that age, then the FSH LH stay up at ovulatory levels for the rest of your life. So your brain has changed to be more receptive. That's and it needs to change to be more discerning as well. Yes, I agree. Let's yeah. talk about women I love the stats that you have for women in their 60s, 70s, and even 80s. Yeah, yeah. Well, what that's about is, first of all, if you are in your 70s, 80s, chances are pretty good that you're going to, if you're with a partner, you're going to be with a good partner because the men who are stuck at adolescence at 12 to 13, they're the ones who want the 25 year old. And you know, you can see them all over the news and all of it, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I want women to know is, you don't want those men, you don't want those men. And there's a whole group of men who are very interested in older women because they know what they want and so on. Um, I wanna talk a little bit about uh, vaginal dryness, which is a big problem for a lot of women during the perimenopausal transition. Yes. And there's stuff you can do. I actually created a vaginal moisturizer to address that problem because the prescription estrogen at this point is so expensive. It's like $380 for a tube. That's ridiculous. Now, over time, 
you can get back all of that moisture and so on. Like if you're in like a really good relationship or if you're doing the jade egg exercises or any of that, you'll find the moisture coming back. If you need a jump start on that, uh, the Peraria morifica stuff from the herb in Thailand will restore vaginal tissue very quickly. And then what I like is you don't need to keep using it. Once it's restored, you got it. But, but you've got to keep up the practice. You've got to keep up the self-pleasuring practice or once you're in a relationship, but okay, remember these are two separate things. So the self-pleasuring practice is one thing and then having sex with another person is another thing. They're, they're two separate things. And it, it just, I've known people who always, always, always have had a sexual partner. So they never got into the self-cultivation part of things. And that's fine if that's working for you. But what, what is really, really good for people is this time of withdrawing and putting your energy into yourself and realizing that you are an orgasmic, desirable woman. Oh, I also wanna tell you about the, the research of Winifred Cutler. She studied women forever and she's created a very effective sex attractant pheromone, very scientifically done. And it's from the Athena Institute. So athenainstitute.com all of her, all the money that she makes on the pheromones goes to support phenomenal research in women's health. Like she has found that um, mammograms are over diagnosing breast cancer and women are having their breasts removed that they don't need to. And that's, that's the science. So what I'd like women to get away from is constantly thinking about their body as a fundamental problem and then start using pheromones, um, vaginal moisturizers that help, doing the practices that will help the jade egg, all of that stuff, so that they think about it. You're sitting on a throne of gold and you don't even know it. And this in some ways has nothing to do with whether or not you have a sexual partner, nothing. It's like your own relationship with yourself. And think about it. Why have we been talked out of this and seen it as shameful and evil for so long when it is in fact the way you own and operate your body and, and that you can use your breath and you can use your consciousness to heal and rejuvenate your body with this energy. Yeah. So that's, oh, and the other thing is women are, um, we are erotic creatures. Uh, Naomi Wolf has pointed out that when women see a sunset, when they see their husband or boyfriend take a heavy object and throw it off the back of the truck, we actually get increasing uh, circulation through the vaginal walls that literally you can measure that when women see something that incites life force, vaginal blood flow increases. Now, some of them don't even know it. But when the instrument is put in to determine what the blood flow is, then you find that women's bodies are turned on by any erotic anything, anything that's life force. Yeah. With most men, it's not the same way at all. So remember that the penis is a barometer of the life force 
in women. Again, I'm talking about heterosexual uh, situations here. And with, um, I don't know if you know Will Blunderfield, he's from Vancouver, I believe. Uh, Will is a wonderful yoga teacher. Uh, He also teaches the Montauk Chia, um, teaches men how to have orgasm without ejaculation. Uh, the the multi-orgasmic man, that kind of thing. Fantastic. Will has enough guts to talk about the sex-altering chemicals in the environment. It's important that people are out speaking about these things because it's so important. I like what you said in your book about um, sacred (laughs) sexuality and that we wouldn't have, you know, the vaginal dryness and everything else if we're doing these practices and tapping into our sexuality and that it grows And then seeing that strong man, I will add, um, not a toxic man, (laughs) but a correct man. This is so important. I mean, (laughs) I remember reading, um, uh, her name, Armstrong, Alison Armstrong. Yes. I interviewed Uh, her weeks ago. Yeah. And I love her work, but at first she was not acknowledging toxic men. And, and so here's what happens. If you're an old soul empath and you've been in relationship with a narcissist, her work will make your situation so much worse. Yes. So much worse because if you're trying to make a narcissist into a hero, you're just feeding him narcissistic supply. But she upgraded her work yes. finally. But I mean, I remember reading the Queen's Code and I had a couple friends and we, you know, we had been married to narcissists and, you know, who else would be reading those books? Those of us who wanted to make the relationship work and it's never going to work with a toxic man ever, ever. The sooner you get out of there, the better. And what I've said to many friends since that time, um, if you go ahead with a divorce, are you prepared for the fact that this man who you thought loved you for 20 years, will be with another woman in 15 minutes. Are you prepared for that? Because it's devastating. Yeah. (laughs) And then when that one doesn't work out, married a year later. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then if he, you know, and he told you he never wanted to have kids, but then suddenly he's got two kids with the new woman. Yeah. Yes. So I don't want any woman to waste her fertile years. If she wants babies, don't waste them on a man who says he doesn't know. You want someone who's all in. And depending on what kind of parents we have, we get addicted to the back walking away because then we think, oh, if I could get that person to love me, I would be lovable. You got to start with yourself. And so perimenopause puts all of this under the microscope. This is your time to heal from those toxic relationships. And they can be with family members, uh, with your mother, with your father, with a sister, with a brother. And right now on planet earth, we're at the great bifurcation because you've got, a, you've got all the people who are right in the narrative, wearing is carrying, this will protect you. It's complete BS. Um, and so that's also putting everything under the microscope. So we want to like with the orgasm, the orgasmic meditations, we have to go where there's life force. We go where there's life. Let the dead bury the dead. We're going where there's life force. And I really truly believe that this self-cultivation practice 
will up, up level your frequency so that you will be much healthier because you will have the energy to um, transmute negativity. 100% going in and doing the work and looking at your, your 3%. Don't get caught up in the story. Don't get caught up in victim of what you experience. Go into the whys you know, that you ended up in the situation that you ended up in heal from there. And then you start attracting all of these beautiful, lovely people into your life, new family members, new friends, new partners that are conscious and doing the work themselves. Yes. And it's like, it's like, it's such a, it's such a revelation when you meet someone who is as committed to personal growth as you are. And by the way, you and I know this, you can only go so far in your healing on your own, but there's a time you got to do it on your own, but then you will get to a point where you know that the only way to go to the next level is actually in relationship. Yes. Yeah. So much to happen in relationship and it shows you where you are. Oh yeah. And what you on. <laughs> right. I, I think we're going to have um, whole new ways to meet people in this new earth, whole new ways. The old oh ways God. are never going to do it. Never. And consciousness is sexy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. And who doesn't want a conscious man to ravage them? That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And we women are the ones who need to call that forth that will not come out of a man unless you call it forth. And that's why we need to set the standard high, not by being a bitch or a borderline personality disorder, which, you know, cause those women take good men and leave them by the side of the road as sucked burned out husks. We're not talking that. And when I meet a really good man, you know, who's um, not married and all that. And I ask him about his ex-wife and invariably it's a stupid borderline. I mean, it's an energy vampire woman who you, he couldn't please. He's a good man and he did everything in his power to please her. So what I tell men at whatever, I said, go toward the woman who's smiling. Don't go toward the one that you think you can save. You can't. (laughs) Good advice. Yeah advice. All right. Let's talk about, I love your word orgasmatrons. So let's talk about that and the awakening of the female erogenous anatomy and what that can do for our health. Well, first of all, there's this molecule known as nitric oxide and it is the molecule of wellness. And I first learned about it because it is the active mechanism by which the erectile dysfunction drugs work. Uh, Cialis, Viagra. They increase nitric oxide and then increase blood flow to the penis, which is why those are erectile dysfunction drugs. And by the way, just for the record, the penis is the dipstick of men's health. And if a man can't get an erection, he's got a cardiovascular problem. Or, or he could have Uh, I've seen this where men are finally with a good woman and he doesn't think he can measure up. So he won't be able to get an erection until he does some work on that stuff. Anyway, 
uh, nitric oxide is produced by the endothelial lining of every blood vessel in the body. It is the uber neurotransmitter and high levels of nitric oxide increase and balance dopamine, serotonin, beta endorphin, all of the chemicals that psychiatric drugs are supposed to increase, but it does it naturally. So when are the times that, and, and it's, you can't be stored. What are the times that increase nitric oxide? What are the activities? Meditation, exercise, orgasm. So those are the ways in which you keep the nitric oxide, the molecule of chi or life force. Oh, and when the egg and the sperm come together at fertilization, there's a big burst of nitric oxide. We also feel that the near death experience at death, there's a huge burst of nitric oxide. So, so when you are doing this orgasmic practice, you're flooding your body with nitric oxide. You're focusing by biofeedback on what brings you pleasure. And the more you focus on what brings you pleasure, the more your neurons will begin to feel more and more. So remember the goal is to feel more and more with less and less. If you watch a movie called Bright Star, which is about the poet Keats, there's a woman who loved him, but it was very unrequited. But there's a scene in the movie where they touch and there's something about the way the filmmakers did it that when they touch, there's just watching it, there's this flood of nitric oxide, like, oh, oh. So we want to make our bodies into the most exquisite instruments of life force. So that when you're seeing a sunset or you're seeing a beautiful flower or you're seeing a bird, that you are feeling this orgasmic energy in your body. That is life force energy. It is the energy that created your body in the first place. So therefore it is the energy that will sustain your body. It is the energy that can heal disease. Um, Montauk Chia, when he does his orgasmic meditation, I think they've measured his electromagnetic field, the amount of light around him, it's gigantic, it's gigantic. So that's just knowing how to use your sexual energy. Now for men, because we are addressing a perimenopausal group of women, oh. it is absolutely imperative for men that they learn how to have multiple orgasms without ejaculation because the ejaculation over time will drain their life force. So Montauk Chia has, you know, he has a whole chart, you know, like if you're this age, this many ejaculations per month. You know, if you're this age, and it doesn't mean that you can't have as much sex as you want, you can, but you're just not depleting your life force. So you know how um, it's sort of the stuff of every day that the man will have an orgasm and ejaculation and then fall asleep mm -hmm. while the woman is just getting going. And that's the orgasmatron thing. So what you want to do is see how much pleasure how much uh, bringing a woman to a peak and then, you know, not quite orgasm and another one and another one. Uh, you remember the work of Masters and Johnson where they were literally figuring that out. But again, 
because of the time frame in which that was done. Oh, I just, because we are talking about this, Kinsey uh, was one of the biggest pedophiles on the planet. And he was the one responsible for the sex education in all the churches and schools. Read about Kinsey. There's a Kinsey Institute, I think, in uh, Indianapolis. Um, it's horrifying that this guy uh, got as far as he got. Liam Neeson plays him uh, in a movie called Kinsey. Um, it's not what really went on. He talks about children being orgasmic and what happens with a child when they're orgasmic, they're weeping, they're crying. Yeah, because you're a pedophile. This is ridiculous. So people just need to know that human sexuality has been farmed for the benefit of evil. And that's why it's such an act of power to reclaim it. And generally, by the way, the people with the personality disorders, very often their eyes are a certain way. You can't take your eyes off them. A lot of actors, a lot of actresses, um, the, the, the true demons are the ones who are a 10. Like they, they're so charismatic. They look so good. They're, you know, so what you need to do when you are becoming aware of this, get into a place where no matter how old you are, no matter what you look like, set a high price on your head. And just because something is shiny and looks good, chances are it's going to be really empty. Yeah. At this point in my life, if, if someone's really charismatic and good looking, you know, and gets a full service at self-service prices because of the way they look, they're going to have to work way harder to get my attention. Same. Yeah. 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 Going back to the orgasm, I learned last year that um, a woman who is numb from the waist down can actually still have an orgasm through cervical orgasm because it's connected to the vagus nerve. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And remember, the vagus nerve innervates the cervical opening. I know that because if you put an instrument in there, a woman will often faint. That's the vagus nerve, but it's also the reflexology zone of the heart. The whole vagina has reflexology zones, the kidney, the lungs, uh, they're all there. So stimulating the entire vaginal canal is like giving yourself a, a health treatment, yes. which is why, um, again, I don't like vibrators because that's like way too much overstimulation and in time, it's going to be way more stimulated. That's why, by the way, uh, only 25% of women can reach orgasm through intercourse. That's for two reasons. One, she hasn't cultivated um, that ability. Number two, it's because of the men being circumcised. So they don't have the prepuce to grip onto the uh, vaginal rugae and stay close to the clitoris and the female erotic anatomy. So a man who's been circumcised actually is blind. He's, he's, he's blind to her anatomy. So it's a crime against humanity that that is still done. Yeah. And having done those as part of my practice, I spend time teaching about that where parents just don't realize it doesn't need to be done. And many pediatricians don't have a clue how you take care of an intact male. We should not be using the term um, 
circumcised. It should be you're intact or you're mutilated, really. And you should, there's a growing group of men, activist men who had that done, who are calling it for what it is. I mean, they had a body part removed without their consent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and men can go through a re rewiring a re storytelling of um of their penis of their yes to reestablish that energetic foreskin yeah they can yep that's that's why we want everyone to know it's never over it's like you know we also we don't die we recycle Mm -hmm. so we're just in a time of huge evolution evolutionary pressure to to move forward in life it's really uh, it's a very exciting time to be on earth. This is the turning of the ages. It's the great awakening, you know. Um, I mean, it looks pretty bad at the moment it, it, on the mainstream media, but I'm meeting people from all over the world. We're all coming together, creating a brand new soul family. Yes, it's beautiful. And it yes, it is hard, but it is those difficult situations in life that really push us forward in personal growth and awakening. That's right. And we're That's doing right. it on a global scale right now. Yeah. Which I think is beautiful. Beautiful. Thank, uh, you. thank you so much, Dr. Northrup. This has been so much fun. I want to add too that I think that women should read the book and go to Teresa's story. Because when you tap into your sexuality and you're living from this vibrant place, you can be orgasmic. You can be so orgasmic, so sensitive that you can have orgasm without touching your vagina just by yes. stimulation. Yes. So this, this can be done. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So step into your sexual self. Is there anything that you would like to share with our audience to wrap up? Yeah. Um, when you restore your voice here yes. and you can do that through humming or toning or singing, you're actually also turning on your ovaries and your second chakra, even if the ovaries are not there. So don't worry about that. And um, I'd love to have you sign up for my free e-news, drnorthrop.com. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, but I put all of my real intel on Telegram. (laughs) Thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. I know our listeners are going to love this. Great. You're so welcome. All right. Wonderful. And thank you everyone for joining me today. I'm Liz Peterson. This is Raise the Vibe with Liz. And remember to get out there and raise the vibe. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Raise the Vibe with Liz and my website at Liz's Healing Touch. Thanks everybody and have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.